Another dude, we're on week seven, man. Week seven. Man, every time we say that, I think it's week seven of the season. But it's not. It's like week three in NFL. Like week four in college. It is week. Coming into week four, right? So fast Already. every year, like you sit and wait and forever for it to get here. And, now and then it's just, and you spend all your time whining and complaining about, like, oh, we didn't, you know, we didn't, whatever, offense didn't score enough points, we didn't run enough, and like get so upset about and like stress over every game, and then they're gone. And then it's another, and then it's February, and we after baseball. Yeehaw! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are, as we said, in week seven. This is the Role Players. I am Mm -hmm. Art Mosley and my good friend... Daniel Allen. We are here for your listening entertainment. Back again. We we are not going to say we're going to enlighten you, but uh, we're going to give you our opinions, and we know they don't matter. But you should listen to to us anyways, yeah. 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 We're not going to enlighten you, but... We will talk at you. Absolutely, we'll, we won't. We won't lecture you, um, but we'll we'll talk at you. So this week's show, uh, just to give you guys a quick rundown, we're just going to review uh, my o- Ofer, Ofer pick pick list, and I don't even know how much we're going to go in depth on that review. We but can we can skip over okay. that if you want. Yeesh, that was ugly. It's on Twitter if anybody it, it, needs it is on to see the results. But but at, uh, I, I tell you what, and you can find us on Twitter at. The Role Players, T-H-E-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R-S in the number one. Um, you can see how awful I was last week. The I think the key is if you want to win money in Vegas, pick against what I picked. Against, so, yeah. You would be you would have gone six and oh last week if you picked against Art. Right. Had it been opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that coming up. We're gonna we'll preview some games. Uh we're gonna talk about uh a little NFL. Uh, we got a special wild card and a special guest. Our very first call in, right? Uh huh. So we got a guest. Uh, Not going to say who it is. No, we gotta we gotta tease it, right? That's what they do on radio. You gotta but tease. You've it. probably heard of him or her. Yes. At this point. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We've referenced this person on the yeah. show for sure. Yeah. This this person's kind of a big deal in in these parts of of Metro Atlanta, actually. Yeah, in certain absolutely. circles, certain absolutely. circles, this person's yeah. a big deal. Let's get started, man. Last week, some interesting games. Uh, you know, um, not a whole lot. Right, going in, it wasn't. A, there weren't a whole lot of like marquee matchups, and you weren't expecting much. But a lot of a lot of surprising results. Absolutely, especially absolutely. You know that. It, let's talk about the first one. Um, I think one of our games of the week that we picked: uh, Florida hosting Trash Can U. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm at home for the three thirty kickoff, and I flip on my TV, and Tennessee gets a turnover, and I'm frantically searching for the sideline cam of the trash can. And uh, you know, I texted you. I said, "Hey." Where's the trash Where's can? The trash Where can? is it? I'm excited. We've all been waiting to see it again. Yes, because we right. had a, we had an over under on dunks this week. Yeah. Well. And what happened? They they get the turnover. We're we're all anxiously waiting on the edge of our seats. What is he? Is he going to windmill it? Is he going to make it into the into the trash can this time? And trash can nowhere to be found. Yeah, I think it's it it, it was in. Knoxville or, or maybe it just maybe they didn't have room for it to make the trip. They could get it to Atlanta, but maybe it didn't have room to make the trip down to down to Gainesville. So what we did do because I was concerned, we tweeted out to the t- Tennessee to trash the trash can. But the problem was that was like one of the the uh, fake accounts for Tennessee trash cans. So we had to. It wasn't verified. It was not verified. So <laughs> I had to find it. So that's my fault, fans. So 
We will get you answers. Or we will attempt to get you answers from the Tennessee trash can because we really want to see uh, the trash can in action again. I know, and it's not to me. It's not a coincidence that they're undefeated. Oh, I didn't watch them in week two against Indianapolis State or whatever Indiana, Indiana whoever it was. Indiana so, State, yeah, the right. So, yeah. so <laughs> Larry Bird, right? Yeah. So I didn't watch that. Maybe the trash can wasn't there, but their one loss of the year, there was no trash can there. The, the trash. As a matter of fact, I trash just can's undefeated. Two and zero with the trash can. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a, you know, I would say it's a home game thing. But they bought the trash can to Atlanta. to Atlanta. So, so leave it to Butch to take the one thing that's working for your team, the one thing that's bringing you success. He he always just completely botches in game coach. You know, he I think he's a terrible in game coach. And he they are rolling. This trash can has gotten them momentum, riding high, confident. With this trash can, and he decides to leave it at home. <laughs> no more, right? He's not and superstitious. He's not the trash can. What are you talking about? Right, exactly. So, and like uh, you could, you could almost even see late in the game with that hail mary. I don't know if the defender was distracted, if he was tired or what, but I can guarantee you, if he looked over there and saw that graduate assistant. Hoisting that heavy trash can up over his head the whole game that would that's inspire like, him like to William, rise. William Wallace. Yes, that's that. That would have been probably the motivation that he needed to to get out there and, and break that pass up. That was the Braveheart moment that Butch missed for Brave his team. Well, let's not give him any ideas. He'll come out <laughs> dressed in orange and blue war paint with a sword next week, yelling out "Freedom, Freedom." Uh, so if, if uh, I hope you have seen the game by now, but really, or, or, actually, actually, yeah. I hope you have not seen the game. I, um, sitting, you know, my wife actually asked me who's who's winning this game. I was like, America is losing. Amer- America is losing because we have to watch this game. The first three quarters set uh, was absolutely atrocious. I'm not going to go out and say that the defenses were that great. They're I think not. The no. Offense, I mean, and, and there's no disrespect because I do think there's some great players on both those defenses, but those offenses were horrible. They're just terrible. Yeah, they're awful, 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 awful offenses. And, it, and, 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 and like, Tennessee gets down to, what, the, the half-yard line, first and goal, and, and decides to throw it. I think you have John Kelly, line, who's been right? as good as any running right. back. Best, the, best game, best, you know, yeah. most yards of his life. So getting a shotgun, which we both – Wait, we can't stand but wait on minute. short yardage. Have we seen this before in a Super Bowl? Just, oh, on the goal line, yeah, you're going to not – don't give it to beast mode? Yeah. Yeah. You could just walk that thing in yeah. there, man. But, and, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I but no, but it's just the type of thing Butch does where you get down to the goal line and you and you get in the shotgun and you air it out with your proven quarterback, Quentin Dorbity. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing that Vol fans have been used to and that's what kind of leads them to make songs – you know, to wait to, a minute. Did somebody make a parody song? Is that what parody song? Sunday Bloody Sunday by U two. Okay. If anybody, if anybody's interested in hearing the Butch Jones uh, parody song, just just Google it. Butch Jones Sunday Bloody Sunday would probably get it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Just make sure that you've got about three and a half, four minutes of time that you have nothing better to do with. And actually, it's, I thought it was well, well, the words are well, well written. Mm-hmm. Um, the singing, well, we'll let you decide. And you could you could hear the pain in his voice. It was very the, he was very the hurt. Anguish. The, most I, I think that's Tennessee Nation. <laughs> Just no hope in that in that voice as he was singing. No, no hope or anything. No. So uh, enough of but enough of talking about TCU. Well, let's Florida. one more thing. I think there's one thing we did see. You know, 
we did learn this week that that Tennessee fans are the best fans in the world, the best fans oh, in the country. We well, I knew that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah, best fans in the world. They deserve a lot better. Yeah. And so, so anyway, Florida wins that game on a hail mary pass beautifully. I, I tell you, for all the bad offense, uh, Frank's put up a, a pretty ball. Uh, the receiver yeah. was able to run up. It under was it. just like Georgia Tennessee last year. Stafford. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, sorry, Stafford. Uh, ease into Riley Ridley. I mean, it was like deja vu watching, you know, he breaks behind the cornerback and, and beautiful throw, like you said, to get it there. And it was, for Georgia fans, it was kind of sweet because you get to see Butch and them on the other end of that situation, last minute Hail Mary. And so, yeah, um, fitting fitting karma came around for them. So for a while that game, I thought the, our scores were going to be spot on, 19, or I think 16, 13, or yeah. 10 to Six, 13, 16, something like that. Uh, Florida wins that game. Uh, let's move on uh, because both of them could not lose. Man, I had taken the um, the over on the points in Texas USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game was an absolute slugfest. Credit to Texas, who gave up 51 points to Maryland in week one to essentially make USC one dimensional, right? Yeah. They and were kinda, flying all over the place. Yeah, kind of like trying, completely different team. Trying to make basically making Sam Darnold beat them. They weren't they weren't impressed with Sam Darnold. One of the things, and I, I, I will tell you this after listening to uh, the, and I think it was Nestler who Brad Nestler who made a comment that uh, the quarterback Dormady and Franks were heating up, quote unquote, heating up in the game as they got to the fourth quarter. I thought that was the most preposterous statement I had heard all weekend. <laughs> And then I heard somebody say Sam Darnold uh, found, a, found a way to lead his team back against Texas. And I thought, well, if he was that good, they never would have been in that predicament, especially had they, they've taken the runaway and made him one-dimensional. So it's either Darnold's not that good or the coaching is not that good or Herman and his defense coordinator are much better than anybody has given him credit for. Yeah, it's hard, hard to say. I think it's probably a little bit of, little bit of all of that, but that's kind of the, the Texas – or the kind of mentality and the mentality, sort of, what am I trying to say? The the attitude and mm-hmm. the energy and the passion they played with, that's what I was kind of expecting from the beginning, which is why I was so gaga over Herman and Texas this year. But I, I wasn't expecting that. I was, I mean, I, I picked them to lose by two touchdowns, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that, I mean, they lost. A loss is a loss, but that's something you can build on to go up there, take them to overtime, and you're basically, I mean, you're at the goal line, and your freshman quarterback fumbles the ball away, but otherwise they could easily have won, have won that game. Absolutely. So they've got it. That's after all of the despair and, and sadness from, from week one from for Texas, for people that were expecting a lot. That's a lot to be excited about to go up there and, and take them, USC, a top-five team, on at their house. To overtime like that and your your freshman quarterback stepping up and outplaying Darnold in my opinion he he absolutely was just as composed and everything so oh, game of the year so far I'd say I, uh, I would agree with you on that so man beware I know everybody you know even uh, we we had a lot of folks just who've seen the the love for Oklahoma and uh, uh, Sam not Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield excuse me Watch out for the Red River rivalry uh, when when Texas and Oklahoma get together. That could be, uh, you know, it's it, and it's not just Oklahoma State now. Maybe Texas is something that hey. a threat. Uh, Go week. listen to Week One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we'll we'll replay that for you. Last and then uh, any, anything else on USC Texas? Uh, just Gus Johnson ag- again, setting <sighs> himself apart from every other announcer. He is the best. I mean, we were we were going back and forth, weren't we, on that? Just saying we should have known that Gus was going to that this game was going to yeah, be close. Did he come through for us? He exactly. always does. It always happens. It always comes down to the end, and he gets some call where there's a call, and he'll. Going to the end zone! <laughs> and his voice starts raising and you just get fired up, you know? Like, I, I, it makes me want to go out and, and tackle a tree or something. It's, oh, Gus, we love you. Gus, if you're listening, if you ever listen, we'd love to have you on the show. So I'm, I'm not too proud to beg. So if anybody knows Gus Johnson, I know he hasn't tweeted anything in like two or three years, but if anybody knows Gus any Johnson. Any of buddies with Gus? <laughs> you, can, you can DM us and we'll, uh, we'll, we'd love to set that up. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, last but not least, the last college game we picked, Clemson, taking on the uh, reigning Heisman champion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Clemson winning this game mm-hmm. by, I believe it was six points. I can't remember. They were getting three and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Clemson's defense. Be- we knew they were good, but we this- figured Lamar would get, get free and do right? some Lamar things, right? They're scary good. And Bryant looked great. I mean, the yeah. offense looker. So, so that was yeah. That was a that was a beatdown. That was kind of a statement for them to come out there and and take him and shut them down. Because what they did to Auburn, they shut them down. But Auburn has proven since you know they they were struggling with Mercer on Saturday at the half. You know, Mer- Auburn's off. Mercer, the Division One powerhouse, Mercer. The Bears, the the we've been playing football for like three years. Bears. Oh, that Mercer. <laughs> Oh, the Mercer down in Macon. Yeah. Okay. So, so Mercer that upset Duke in the in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. That's right. Remember, yeah. In basketball. Mercer Bears, so, that's right. Out of the A-Sun? I guess. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you didn't know. We thought, yeah, they shut down Auburn, but how good is Auburn? You know, here comes you, – you walk up there to, to play Lamar and company and just completely shut him down. I mean, he just looked befuddled, confused, frustrated. All those words. Just that's yeah. so. Brent they Ven- made Lamar look like not Lamar, right? He made him put look it like, in simple terms. Exactly, he made him look like uh, um, Brandon, Brandon Harris. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my So Clemson, gosh. another very impressive win, probably the yeah. most impressive win of, of the week, I'd yeah. say, yeah. For, especially from top twenty-five teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most impressive loss. Hmm. LSU. LSU to me, yeah, it had to be. I mean, Dan Dan Mullen has done wonders for Mississippi State, right? Mm-hmm. You, uh, for the time he's been there, I don't know if it's ten, been ten, eight years, ten years, how, however long he's been there. Mississippi State may not have been at the top, but they have not been, you know, cellar dwellers. There's always been a okay. He's he he here's a guy who can coach kids up or or puts kids in a position to be successful, and they especially quarterbacks yeah. too. So I mean, last year you didn't. Last year they were five and seven. They lost to South Alabama. So mm-hmm. that was probably his his worst year. And uh, and so I don't I don't I mean I don't know your thoughts on this. I don't think LSU was the twelfth best team in the country. I thought they were overrated because everybody always says that it's kind of like a given in in college football where people just assume that LSU is the second most talented team in the SEC and they're just always going to be overflowing with talent. On defense, they are very good, but offensively, there is outside of guys, there's not a, a whole lot there. And what you know, we we thought we we previewed this in our SEC preview about Matt Canada coming to um, LSU and and the things he was able to do with Nathan Peterman at Pitt last year. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, through a couple games, especially against Dan Mullen's defense, it's not like the – Todd Grantham's defense. I'm I'm sorry, Todd Grantham's (laughs) defense. Um, It's – once again, we're not talking about the best of the best, right? No, because Todd Grantham has shown a tendency to get abused by by mediocre and good offenses. (laughs) So, yeah. So he's – you know, Grantham runs that defense out there, and LSU just looks – Hapless, helpless. I mean, is it is it quarterback? Is that what it? I mean, maybe what it comes down to. I think it's a a mixture of both. So here you have a quarterback who's, you know, I would LSU fans probably won't give him the benefit of the doubt, but you're talking about a quarterback coming in who's under under a who hadn't had a ton of success to begin with, right? Right. Right. Okay, and then you bring a new offensive coordinator who wants to run his system. So now he's got a. He's basically starting over. While he's not a college freshman, he's really starting over, learning a new system. And, I mean, his third offense in as many years, essentially, right? Right, right. So, so very tough on, on Danny Etling. Uh, not, you know, for for what it's worth, I, I don't think you can put that on the quarterback. No. I think as a coach, once again, I go back to this line, you know, you might have a system, but you got to be able to, to put your players in a position to be successful. And if they don't have the skill set, you either have to find that player. And if you don't have that player, you have to find what works – for your team, and I, I know we can't. You know, you've got some weapons around him, especially with Darius guys, or had you know a weapon around with Darius guys. He's got to be a guy you 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 get the ball into his hands, you know. So what I saw from game. him, right? And but what I saw from him from Canada, all the hype he's had, is I saw a lot of let's run Darius guys between the tackles over and over and over. It, there wasn't like creativity, you no know, screens, get him out in space, stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. the play calling to me offensively was and, and defensively too was awful and, but to me they the the coordinators did an awful job in that game for lsu yeah i don't out coach it looked like they were unprepared they yeah, were unprepared absolutely. for mississippi state and of course over the years we've seen mississippi state pull up some ups pull off some upsets in starkville you know they've got those stupid freaking cowbells that they ring and um you know good good for them um for 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 beating uh, like we we don't want to say Overranked, but maybe um, LSU probably not. Like you said, the number twelve team. No, I don't think Mississippi State is a number seventeen team in the country. I don't either. I don't either. I think that was kind of a, a knee jerk reaction to that win. Mm-hmm. I think you know LSU was was probably people were too high. A lot of those preseason rankings come on historical data, right? It's exactly. Just, oh, they've Absolutely. been good in the past, so they're going to be good this year. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. So. That's that's kind of now you you I think you had some pretty good college takes just some you know just some newsworthy items hey what what you know what happened what some of the shocking things I know some of these weren't finals but shocking things that you want to talk about uh, happened this weekend in college football yeah so I just I, I, as the things are going on I just put down like little half sentence notes sure sure and basically cliff notes so that's what I put UCLA UCLA goes down to Memphis. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim Moore. I I I don't know. He's kind of like Lane Kiffin. Like he just keeps getting hired. You know, his dad was a coach. He just keeps getting hired for jobs. You don't really know why. He never really does well there, and he just <laughs> keeps. <laughs> so whatever. So UCLA big loss there mm-hmm. uh, to Memphis. That's just embarrassing. Uh, Texas A and M. Another the two teams that faced in Week One. Two coaches not in the most ideal position right now as far as job security. Uh, 
at halftime of their game against Louisiana Lafayette. Always a tough opponent. Right. Louisiana Lafayette. Sure. The Raging Cajuns. Mm-hmm. They were tied at half for them, so that was one. Auburn up 10-3 over Mercer at the half. Another um, display of SEC dominance there. <laughs> Thank you, conference guy. Florida NTCU offenses are offensive. Uh, Missouri, another powerful SEC team, which we'll get into later. Yes. We got a little the mighty S- The mighty I mean, SEC. We, every week we do, but we're taking it to another level this week. Best conference in the world. Right. Absolutely. And probably in the universe. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so Missouri waxed by Purdue from the slow Big Ten. You know, uh, Mizzou gets crushed. And so basically, and, and, and I wrote down SEC has no offenses. Because there's Bama's is, is not bad, but I don't see any good offenses in the SEC. It's early. It is early. So other some other teams are scoring points. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, saving man. It for, I'm just saying. saving it for conference play. Yeah, okay. They're they're hiding. That was always the thing, like with Brian Schottenheimer or certain early in the year when you don't see much out of offenses. Like, well, they're holding it. You know, it's vanilla. They're holding it back because they don't want to show their playbook before they play Vanderbilt. Right. You know, and right. it's like okay, okay. So the SEC hasn't had uh, explosive ex- uh, offensive play since I think since you know Dak was there and mm-hmm. and. And there were a lot of quarterbacks at that time. So there just haven't been very many good quarterbacks. And so people would always say, well, there's great SEC defense. Well, no, there's not that many. There's a few of them. So it's just bad quarterback play uh, leads to bad offense. And it's kind of a mirror to kind of a segue into the NFL. It's kind of a mirror of what you're seeing week one and two in the NFL, which is not a lot of touchdowns. No, it's not. I mean, hideous. It's, uh, i gotta, I got to read this out, too, okay. because this is the stat I put up. I went through looking at the scoreboard. So from from playing fantasy football and paying attention to every touchdown that gets in on the Red Zone channel, they show you every touchdown. Mm-hmm. They just haven't been showing many. Because week two, why haven't they been showing many? We not not a whole lot of t- uh, touchdowns scored. It's six teams did not score a single touchdown. So six out of thirty-two, not a single touchdown. Okay. Eleven teams scored one touchdown or less. So that means seventeen touchdowns. So more than half the teams in the in the NFL scored one touchdown or less, or less in week two. And these are professionals, right? Professionals, yeah. So I I don't I don't I mean is it is it teams not playing their starters much in the preseason? Is it just poor guy? What is it? You know, I heard a comment on on local sports talk that said, and here's an idea. It's I, I just call it a theory because I haven't done the math. Pythagorean. Yeah, no, we're not going with geometry. I struggled in geometry in high school. Pythagorean. Uh, I'm just the, the Pythagorean theory theorem. was catching catching a lot of right. uh, caught the ire of a certain New York uh, sports talk radio talk show host. We're talking about Francesa. We'll, we'll, we can. Yeah, whatever. Let's move on from that. So continue. Sorry. I, so, uh, uh, I had not seen that. I I was too busy. Clearly. I was too busy breaking down the picks for this week to worry about anything else because I need as much help as I can get. But you talk about the the way that the offenses in the in college. The comment I heard was was college offenses running this spread offense, and then their linemen get to the NFL, they don't have enough time to protect the quarterback or learn how to run and pass block in an NFL environment, so the learning curve is a little bit steeper. I'm not sure if that is the sole reason. Uh, I think the, uh, the creativity is down in the NFL. Obviously, we've got one one real – I mean, what teams come in and they play, what, uh, four preseason games. The starters play maybe one series of first game, maybe two series or three series of second game. 
maybe a half, a quarter or a half the yeah. third game, and they don't play it all the fourth game. So yeah. they really maybe have one preseason game. And I know all the, the yeah, they should come into, into camp and they should be ready to play and they should be ready to tackle and hit. But it's just Camp's a cohesive, cohesiveness is, is lacking. When you, you know, you're throwing live bullets at somebody, and, and maybe I hope it will get better. I, um, I'd, I'd hate for someone to continue to blame this on Colin Kaepernick and the protest. And I will tell you, I'm a little bit tired of the network, but, you know, showing the – I've never seen a national anthem at an NFL game televised, right? Never. Mm-hmm. Until this season. And then I get it shoved in my face. And then it's like NBC and ABC and CBS and ESPN want us to talk about this. Or, you know, most of us are like, look, they have their right to protest. That's – that's fine. That's still yeah. right. But, you know, I just want to watch football, man. I, right. I left my politics, you know, yeah. upstairs in the in the in the bathroom or wherever it belongs. And I'm just here to to, to not think about anything and watch football. Yeah. Exactly. Right now we're, Escape we're, all that. We're yeah. not watching really good football right now. And no, it's ugly. One of the worst I've seen is the Dallas I mean, I'm sorry. The New York Giants. Giants, yeah. Well the Cowboys were bad this week, They're but horrible. the Giants have reached the the new low in week one, they were absolutely atrocious. And then this week, at least they scored, I think they had at least one touchdown. Maybe just one. But, the, uh, yeah, just just completely incompetent. Incompetent. Oh, speaking of incompetent, man, I, I mentioned the Cowboys. There was something I saw uh, on on video, and it was Dak Prescott had thrown an interception this week. I don't know if you saw this. And there in the background running around was Ezekiel Elliott. So... When the ball is intercepted and they go the other way, Ezekiel kind of turns around, kind of cro- I don't know if he crossed his hands, but basically just sat and watched the play go the other way and just sat there and watched his teammates try to tackle this guy. I'm sorry. I don't want that turd on my team. Yeah. That was – he. I think today he apologized or said something, and he's like, I need to uh, – I apologize for the effort that showed up in the film or, or something lack like that. thereof <laughs> right it was there was zero effort it, it took you yeah. i mean it, it was like you know how many craps do i give zero yeah he, i'm not saying he's he didn't a bad really guy. earn the right to to take that off either with his no. what nine carries for eight yards that was impressive wasn't it very impressive yeah yeah so another team that in an offense that most people probably thought would be good because last year and in week one they were fine but um, to go to Denver and just get smashed, yeah, I mean, absolutely smashed, mm-hmm. and their defense too by by a Denver offense. It's not. I mean, Trevor Simeon's nothing special. Well, he looked pretty special yeah. on, on 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 Sunday night. So, uh, big win for Denver. Dallas. That's another game I picked incorrectly. Mm-hmm. If, Me if anybody's too. taking taking tally, uh, uh, Vikings. Man, they uh, they got some issues at quarterback again. Uh, big Big Ben. They get rolling. Uh, Antonio Brown and um, Le'Veon didn't really. Martavis Bryant at receiver stepped up for them this game. Le'Veon hasn't really done much to start the year. Maybe the holdout you know, think, might be the reason. I think that's a, a big reason. Um, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, solid team. They're they're always going to be in the mix. Uh, but Ben, Big Ben's aging, so we we don't know yeah. how long that's going to last. But. Yeah. Uh, they do a good job. We, I don't really have much more to say about, no, about that matchup. No. I, I, I will talk a little bit about uh, the Sunday night game. Um, the Falcons and Green Bay rematch of the NFC title game. And, oh, my goodness. Um, I, I thought that if you're going to get the Falcons, you better get them early. But <laughs> that maybe, meant week one. Yes, maybe. yes. That's the perfect example of 
what we were saying last week, like don't overreact to week one mm-hmm. because people were worried about the offense and what is Sarkeesian, you know, we're missing this and they didn't look great against Chicago. And then you come out and just look look like you haven't missed a beat from last year. It's like... I almost feel like you ever played like Sandlot football and this is how we used to do when I was a kid, but you you play four and four, five on five, six on six, whatever. You'd huddle up and you'd draw the play either on the football or in the dirt, right? Yeah. And I feel like Matt Ryan could do that with Julio Jones right now, and nobody can guard him. Uh-uh. Um, I mean, he's just almost – I don't want to say he's unguardable, but he is so – Well, yeah, so, he kind of is unless you sit two or three guys because – Even then. Right. He, he's the most physically like imposing and talented receiver in the league to me. And I'm not a Falcons fan, but he is. I mean, he definitely. I, I, Antonio Brown is more productive, but as far as a guy that you can't match up against one on one, or I mean, no, nobody has been able to. So yeah, I, I mean, absolute monster out there. And the run game looked great, and the defense looked pretty good. Yeah, holding Rogers down, you know. Yeah. And I know he was missing a few players, and Jordy got hurt and everything, but. Hey, that was a very complete performance from from the birds. Absolutely. So Atlanta fans, you have a lot to be happy about. I know that uh, I got uh, the business from an Atlanta fan this week that told me that they were the Falcons were ranked number one, I believe, in the ESPN power power rankings. And I reminded said fan that uh, the NFL has this thing called the playoffs, so the ESPN power rankings don't mean <laughs> don't mean that much. They, they don't mean a whole lot, and I hate ESPN anyway. So. Yeah. Um, we're not going to give them any more airtime. No. Uh-uh. So another another NFL team that's two, or I had a couple other teams that stood out to me from mm-hmm. week two. So it was essentially week one for the for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. And I thought they looked, so all these other teams looked really rusty in, in week one. So I thought Tampa Bay looked good and is going gonna, is gonna to push Atlanta yep. in the South, I think. I know yep. Carolina's 2-0, but they played two terrible teams. And I'm not I'm not sold on them. So I think no offense again. Right, (laughs) right. No offense. So uh, Tampa Bay, I think it could could give Atlanta push or or anybody in the South that's going to it's going to be it's going to be Tampa Bay. And then out out west, Oakland to me is has come out rolling and looking great to start the year. And I think they so they had another uh, a big win. And I think I think they got a good good season coming. All right, so the the Bucks, you're looking for the Bucks to challenge the Falcons, and yes, sir. And uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we're at a point now, and I, I go ahead and let's let's start here, man. We did not at the beginning of the season. We did not. We made our college picks, um, but we did not make our Super Bowl predictions um, in the NFL. Right, and, and I, it, it it's kind of like you do it in week three. It's kind of it kind of feels like you, you get. You know, it's kind of not cheating, but it's like getting a head start. But we didn't make them. We just completely forgot about it until we realized this week we have made Super Bowl predictions. So so we're going to do that right now. Sure. And why I'm, not? I'm going to go with uh, one one surprise. I'm going to go on limb on one team, and I'm going to go not on another. Um, I've got the New England Patriots. No surprise there. They mm-hmm. look, you know. Yeah, shame on me. I picked kind of like a write in. You, yeah. you just put me in. As long as Tom Terrific stays healthy, then doesn't matter who, who lines up, you know, receiver. Yeah. He makes them look great. And then uh, I've got Tampa Bay. Bold. I'm going Very with Tampa bold. Bay. No, Cra- you're never one to make tame, tame predictions. I'm not. So I'm, so I'm taking Jameis Crableg Winston uh-huh. to lead the Buccaneers 
to the NF, uh, NFL uh, uh, NFC title game, beat, uh, win that, and then move on to the Super Bowl to face the uh, Patriots. And I've got the Patriots winning the Super Bowl That's pro- again, <laughs> again. It's probably a wise choice, right? It's the, All right, so I was gonna I was gonna do what you did and just put the Patriots in by default. And so in the NFC, I'm going with the team that Atlanta just waxed. I'm going to go with Green Bay and so Rodgers, kind of his get, last stand. They're going to get over the Atlanta. They will. Last three riddle. games haven't worked out too well for them, no, but they they're going to get over that. By the end of the year, he's going to have that. That team will be more healthy, and I think he'll. I think that, that they'll knock them off. Because I can't just put. I don't like putting the same teams that were there last year. Yeah. So to that end, I, I wrote down the Patriots. Then I scratched them out just to to mix it up, and I put the Oakland Raiders. All right, so you've got Oakland and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I've got New England and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pick – I didn't pick a winner. I'll pick Rodgers. You got Rodgers. Yeah, you got I'll the say pack. the Packers, yeah. You got the pack. So uh, what, what I've essentially done for all you Falcons fans, by picking New England, I have eliminated them single-handedly. <laughs> I've used my superpower – to eliminate your division, your conference rival, your division rival, and the team that embarrassed you in the Super Bowl last year. So you said that with like complete conviction and and hundred percent agreement. Here you're like, I have eliminated them. I, like it was just done. <laughs> it's a done deal. It's a done deal. It seems like yeah. So uh, uh, you can thank me later, Falcons fans, that New England and Tampa Bay will not be in the Super Bowl. Nope. Let's move on to uh, previews. Previews, man. Uh, we're, let's let's save the home team for last. Okay. The local team for last, um, and let's go with the. Well, I tell you what, we'll start outside of the southeast, and then we'll move into the southeast. How okay. about that? So first, we got three games this week. Three, uh, well, two top twenty-five games, and then one team in the top twenty-five playing a a a, a matchup that was kind of intriguing to us. Mm-hmm. That's why I picked it, um, and it was in the southeast, so that's really mm-hmm. intriguing to us. Uh, TCU. Plays Oklahoma State, and this is not trash can you right? This is this is the real the Horn right? Yeah, the, the respectable TCU. All right, taking on Oklahoma State and their respectable coach, very respectable Mike because Ray. he he's, is he's a man. Yeah, how it and how he's forty, he? and he's 40. he's not forty anymore. But yes, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm forty. 40 plus. The don't, best those sound are, those are kids. You want to talk to me? You want to talk to a man? I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> yes. One of the best sound bites oh of all time. That was later in the, after Georgia beat them to open the season, and I believe that was Don Charles Savage he was talking about. Was it yeah, the quarterback? I, think, uh, I can't remember. That's <sighs> you're, you're, you're he might te- have been the running back, but um, yeah, yeah, defending his quarterback. So and and he of mullet fame, yes. kind of doing the mullet thing like yeah. 15 years after that was kind of a thing. So. Yeah. And maybe things take a while to get relevant it's in Oklahoma. Over there in it's still water, you know. It's so. Are they the best team in Oklahoma? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, are they the second best team in the Big Twelve? Uh, I would have said yes before I saw Texas play, but in terms of around. in in terms of you know the stats they've been able to put up, mm-hmm. uh, you know Mason Rudolph has over 1,100 yards passing so far this year. That's a pretty big number. The Gundys, uh, you know. Um, uh, Mike's brother Kale was a pretty successful quarterback himself. Gunny's uh, pretty good about getting points on the board. This is a not uh, Oklahoma State a nine and a half point favorite. Um, I, I think this is a game that's kind of like one of those 
whoever has the ball last wins. Um, mm-hmm. Rudolph, uh, like classic said, Big Ten battle. Yeah, like eleven hundred yards, eleven TDs, one pick, two pretty good running backs in Justice Hall and J.D. King. Um, man, look, they got uh, they really throw the ball all over to their receivers. Uh, I, I want to say their top four receivers all had double figures in, in receptions. So. That's a you know that's a team that's very explosive. I Always think, is, yeah. You know, you're playing that game in Stillwater, so you got you know the what they call them, the Pokes. Is that mm-hmm. their their nickname, the Pokes? Yeah. Is what they call the Cowboys there. Um, and then and then you go back and you look at you know Gary Patterson is not a slouch himself no, when it comes to offense, is he? No, absolutely. He was a hot commodity for a while, mm-hmm. and and had always seems to overachieve with what he's got. So we got so you know that's. We we giving you some names, okay? So uh, just just so go so you're aware if you're watching, you don't know what to expect. Those are the names to listen to. You know Mason Rudolph, especially a quarterback. And then you got uh, for Texas Christian, you're looking at Darius Anderson, uh, who is a leading rusher, and um, uh, excuse me, Kevontae Turpin, probably the best receiver on that Texas Christian roster. Uh, like I said, I've got this game high scoring. I don't know what the over under is on points, but I've got. Um, I got Texas Christian covering this game, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. But I've got Oklahoma State winning. I got um, TCU 50. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oklahoma State 50, TCU 42. TCU 42. Yeah. That, that is like a, the, the classic Big 12 shootout where nobody stops anybody. Yes. And it's so fun to watch. Which, which means this game will be like 16 to 19. <laughs> I think you're safe on this. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't think that would be possible. So they're nine-point favorite, Oklahoma State, you said? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. All right. I'm going to go complete because Oklahoma State's a team that I haven't really bought into their ranking and everything. I will go with Gary Patterson and Kenny Hill, the man who nicknamed himself, gave himself the nickname Kenny Trill, you Kenny remember, Trill. I do at remember Texas that. A&M, right? And I will say TCU 45 Oklahoma State forty-two. So you're TCU is you're you're, you're, you're basically game. you're giving Oklahoma State three points. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Hey, why not? Wow. Why not? It, there's a smart man. He's betting against me. So there is a but smart man right there. My strategy is coming into view here. I just keep letting you go first, and then I just kind of slide in with my make it sound like it's my original thought. It is the it's the correct yeah. pick. It's been hey. the correct pick. Hey. Well, some of the time. <laughs> yeah. Now we've got our intriguing our intriguing matchup of the week. Uh, the Mighty Gators, Florida Gators, one and one on the season. Mm-hmm. All right. Number one in the SEC East. This is a battle of, of the top two teams in the SEC East. Right yeah. Now. And to the two teams that tied for first last year in the East. Tied for first. So last they're right year. back where they were. Uh, Thirty straight. Florida going to Kentucky. Florida's won thirty straight. Thirty games. straight games. That's hard to do against anybody. Um, I heard a stat that, that the last time I think it was Kentucky, was it Vanderbilt, and there was somebody else. I couldn't remember the third team. The last time these three teams were three and zero was like nineteen oh seven. Yeah, a long, long time ago. And, so, and Kentucky and Vandy seeming like two of the stronger teams in the East. Man, I mean, we, seriously, we we talked about it earlier. It's anybody's wide open. I had the Florida Gators as winning the SEC East, so this is a yeah. game. That can go a long way in determining that. We make a lot yeah. of 30 straight matchups where the Gators have beaten Kentucky. 
And this is in Commonwealth. This is in Kentucky, right? Yes, this is in Kentucky. So that's one that, to me, I, I'm kind of kind of waiting to pick pick an upset against Florida because I don't I don't buy into them at all this year. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think very highly of them at all. I think that Vandy could easily beat them this year with their defense. And just when when you don't have an offense like that and, and against teams that can score and and can, Florida's defense is not what it has been the last several years. So I think Kentucky can score enough and their defense can be good enough to beat Florida. I think there's, I would say, at least a 50-50 chance of it. Let me throw out a stat for you because we went back and we we looked at the numbers. Uh, Kentucky has beaten Florida 17 times, okay? Of those 17 times, the 13 times that Kentucky has won, Florida has, I'm sorry, of those 17 times, 13 times Florida has scored 10 points or fewer, okay? Mm -hmm. So the secret sauce to beating Florida for Kentucky is defense. They have a head coach who prides himself on defense. Yeah. Okay. So to your point, this is a game where we've seen the the I'll be nice and say non cohesiveness of Florida's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Florida team that ain't gonna that doesn't they're gonna put up thirty seven points every game or or, or forty two points a game. This is an opportunity for Kentucky to hold the Gators to under ten points and maybe maybe walk out of there with yeah. a win. And they Break might the right, absolutely. And I don't think they'll they'll need to hold them to ten. I think I think Kentucky, I'd say Kentucky will score at at, at least fourteen twenty points. To me, I think they'll okay. score at least two or three touchdowns and maybe more. And and I don't know if I mean I just don't know if Florida can offensively can score three touchdowns. I, I mean maybe against TCU. I don't remember what they ended up with last week. But it's not – I just – I really don't think they can at this point. So you're telling me – you, is this your upset pick of the week? Is that what you're telling me? Are you going first or you want me to go first? It might be an upset to some people. To me, it would not be an upset. Okay. So what is the what is the line? The line – Florida is, is giving up four points to Florida's Kentucky. Florida's got four? Okay. No, Kentucky's getting four. Okay. So I'll say Kentucky scores – Kentucky scores 20 points – Florida scores 16. Upset. I'm sorry. I think there was something wrong with my headphones. You said... Not basketball either. Okay. 20, Kentucky 20, Florida 16. Wow. That's a bold pick. That is a bold pick. Um, I'm nothing if not bold with my SEC picks. We don't know if... uh, And that's not Florida hate blinding. No, it's not. It's not. We don't know if Jess Scott's going to be back. We don't know anything about Callaway. We just... We just assume they're not playing right now. Okay? Yeah. That's that's basically how we are. Um, I saw some things out of Tyree Cleveland who caught that long touchdown pass and uh, Kadarius Tony that looked like they had big play written all over him for the Gators. I'm not completely sold on Felipe Franks. Mm-hmm. I think he was able to uh, do a few things right. I think they had between the three running backs they used, I think it was P. Ryan Thompson and I think Malik Davis were the three they used. They got enough uh, production of those to, to – Maybe move the ball up and down the field. I don't think uh, – I think Kentucky only – I know they're playing at home, but playing at, 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 in, in uh, Lexington is not an intimidating place. Uh, stranger things have happened. I understand that. But I think this game is a – Florida asserts itself. Uh, I got the Gators at 27, uh, the Cats at 17. Hmm. And no go big blue chance on the sideline. He, he's marked the – 
the most successful act of Stoops right now. He is? He's the he only is. head coach, well, Stoops head coach. But it's been a while since he could say that. Right. It has been. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, I got Kentucky. You got Florida. Right. Your SEC East champion. And you're yes. clearly just sticking to that blindly and clinging to that. <laughs> and it has nothing, nothing to do with it. Because I'm a Gator hater. I mean, this is I not know, this is this is not like I'm, you know, I was born in Jacksonville and no, I hate the Gators. We have so. not. We have not. Uh, we both, I think, kind of enjoyed watching this Florida team. Yes. So. Set, uh, yeah. Still got to beat them when we play them, but. Yeah. Right. Last but not least in college football, uh, a game that we were not going to pick last week. but No, nobody. This was an afterthought. All of a sudden, out of the, you know, out of the ashes and out of the clouds, here comes Mississippi State, right, in the Battle of the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. coming over to Athens uh, to play the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia giving up six and a half points. Okay, there's a, they're a six and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Mullen has a quarterback who I th- I think is in the mold of Tim Tebow. I'm not going to say he's that guy, but I think he's yeah, he's in that sure. vein. A uh, guy by the name of a quarterback by the name of Nick Fitzgerald, uh, he can run it and he can throw it, so he's a dual threat guy. Probably not going to be a guy that that rushes for 140 yards a game and throws for 260, but um, does just enough to keep you off balance and they've got Aris Williams at running back who's a, a Averaging seven yards a carry. Okay, so we saw what Mississippi State did against a very athletic LSU defense. A lot of people talked about, and they, you know, they were getting Arden Key back, so they mm-hmm. thought, oh, this is, you know, him at linebacker is going to make us that much better. Uh, Georgia has a similar fast attacking defense. Well, what's your take on this game? So yeah, Nick Fitzgerald played high school in Georgia, so it's like a it's a homecoming for him. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Middle Tennessee and Mississippi State were his only offers coming out, and um, so he I think he'll he'll be a little amped up to come back home and and play in front of friends and family and stuff. Yeah, it's it's one of those that we from a, as a Georgia fan, you looked at that on the schedule and you just I mean they were five and seven last year. They didn't they didn't sign a top five top ten class, so there was no reason to think they would they would make this big jump. So we kind of overlooked that, and and nobody really looked at that. We kind of thought, all right, uh, you know, that's going to be an easy W, move on. So And now all of a sudden they go out, they wax LSU, and they jump into their rank 17th. Top and now, 20 team, yeah. Right. And now from from what I've seen, most of the, the, the guys in the media and everything, are, a lot of people pick them picking Mississippi State to win just straight up, and and they're they're getting a lot of hype. Their fans are extremely. Confident. Wait a minute, are there Mississippi State fans outside of Starkville? Yeah, with internet access, that have done some talking on Wait, the internet. They got the inter, They got the inter, yeah. interweb they Mississippi. Put, you put the cowbells down. They pick up the laptop, and they, they yeah yeah. So they are very confident. I mean, a lot of them think have have thrown out scores like thirty seven fourteen. You know, like <laughs> no, I'm serious though. I I'm mean, sorry. They are, they are thinking. Are they playing they, Kennesaw State? Is that what that scores? They for? say L, Georgia is like LSU, but not as good. That's kind of their <laughs> their thought process there, and so you know, in spots, yeah, maybe so. The so they're very confident. I doubt the team is as overconfident as their fans are. Sure. So and also it's Todd Grantham coming back to Georgia, where he he kind of came, he got here. 
kind of endeared himself to the fans at first, had a couple good defenses. You know, he made the choking gesture at the Florida kicker that year. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. The low kicker, rent. Kicker made it. Yeah. Uh, we lost. <laughs> so, and he got into it with James Franklin at Vanderbilt. So, a bit of a hothead and a guy that... Oh, and a, and a four, uh, Mississippi State player, a safety, uh, Jonathan Abram, left Georgia after Pruitt and Rick were fired. Right, so mm-hmm. he goes, he goes, plays JUCO, signs with Mississippi State. He said, he said yesterday, he said, uh, we're, "Look, I'm looking forward to going up there and beating the brakes off of them." And so a lot of people are like, "Well, that's some." They asked a couple Georgia players about it, and they, they, you know, they didn't say anything. So they'll they'll come in here riding high. Um, I think that I think that they are not like you. They're not the 17th best team. So mm-hmm. I don't think I didn't think LSU was that great. So right. to me, it's a good win. But if you watched LSU, looked like they pretty much gave. Up. They had a lot of things go against them, a lot of penalties. Um, but it seemed like they kind of gave up in that game. So I'm not shaking in my boots from from Mississippi State. I mean, we're talking about Mississippi State here. I think Georgia should win. These, but these are the kind of games that over the last several years that that Georgia will come out and wet the bed, you yeah. know. So it's it's a big question mark, and how much are they going to let Fromm do? How much are we going to? I mean, the, Mississippi State's got a, a stout defensive line. They got Jeffrey Simmons, you know, who was a who was a five star, terrible human being, beat up a woman on on camera, and he's not somehow good. That's yeah, not good. got suspended for one game. So. But but stout defensive line, so I'm sure that Grantham will try to sell out, stop Chubb and Michelle in the running game against an offensive line that hasn't been overly impressive on the year. So I think it's a matter of if if Fromm can complete some throws, you know, um, loosen the D up. The one thing is Grantham, Jim Chaney has has faced Grantham twice. So Jim Chaney catches a lot of heat from Georgia fans for – because well, we always hate offensive coordinators, and he's especially very overweight offensive coordinators. For some, I mean, I'm serious. They, that gets so he catches a lot of heat, and some of it deservedly so. But the last time he played Todd Grantham, he was at Pitt with Peterman, okay. put up 45 points on him. Mm-hmm. But the time before that, he played. I was in the stadium. He came in with Tyler Bray at Tennessee, put up 42 points against him. So it's a guy that that historically has had success against Grantham. I just think it's it's going to be – I don't think that they're going to be able to do a whole lot against our defense. I think that Georgia's defense right now is better than LSU's and is playing better than LSU's, whereas against LSU, they kind of – if you watch, they ran at Arden Key. So they right. went straight at him, and there was nobody on the other side to, to come over and make plays. So I think at Georgia, you've got – on the outside, you've got Lorenzo Carter and Davin Bellamy on the other side. There's not really I, – I just think that, that he'll have a harder time. I don't think they're going to score 37 points. Right. So I'm instead of I could spend two hours talking about this. I'll get down to it. I think Georgia's six and a half. Yep. So originally I thought I think that Georgia needs to be able to score more than twenty points because I think the ceiling for Mississippi State is twenty. Okay. I think they could get to twenty, but I don't think they can get above it. So if Georgia gets twenty four or more, I think they'll win. So I had originally put twenty four twenty Georgia, which would be Mississippi State covering. I've edited that in the last 10 minutes to <laughs> 24 to 17 Georgia. So Georgia will cover. 24-17 yeah. Georgia over Miss State. Look, uh, I, I agree with a lot of things you say. I don't think Mississippi State is as good as, they, as that ranking is. Um, I think uh, 
Georgia's defense is probably going to be a little more disciplined than LSU's defense. You've broken that down uh, tremendously. I'm not going to spend too much more time on it. I will say that um, the Mississippi State defense has only given up 9.3 points a game through through three games. Now look at their competition, and really LSU's the only game that the team that sticks out. But something noteworthy. Uh, with all that said, um, I've got uh, UGA winning the ball game at home, 28-24. So I think it's a lot closer. I think they don't cover, so I'll take Mississippi State mm-hmm. and, and the points, but Georgia wins the game straight up. Yeah, that's the point differential that I had originally, too. Right. four points. It's right. just the more. And one thing to say about this is I don't I don't think a win over Mississippi State is impressive. I think a loss is, is – it would be a much bigger loss than it is a big win mm-hmm. to me. But a game – nonetheless, a game that Georgia has to win, right? Yeah, you got to win this. If you're going where you think you're going and you're the team, like I don't think we're – we're going to win the SEC this year. Right. But if you if the program's headed where you think it is, and you're more talented than Mississippi State, I mean, top to bottom, mm-hmm. without question. Mm-hmm. So this is a game, yeah, you got to win. you got to win this. Uh, real quick, upset special of the week. Uh, I called it preseason. Yes. Uh, Your time has come, and it just got a little bit easier. Uh, so so I, I, I picked Syracuse to beat LSU straight up in our pre, one of our preseason shows. Um I've and now things are are working out for me. I I did not know that LSU was going to lose to Mississippi State, but what I do have is a what I would call a hangover game, mm-hmm. where uh, LSU is hungover from that loss Mississippi State. They're looking for questions. Uh, Syracuse riding sky high, and Darius Geis, LSU's top running back, will not be playing in this game on Saturday. I've got LSU going down into de- I'm sorry, I've got Syracuse going down into Death Valley and upsetting Louisiana State. Boldest prediction I heard, especially preseason, and still I think that that like you said, it, it got a little easier with them. You know, Darius guy's not playing, but if that happens, you are going to be forget your zero and six, forget the bad against the spread picks. That will be one of the one of the most impressive upset picks uh, that I've seen. That would be like picking uh, Mercer over Duke in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. That level of of vision and foresight would be. Hey, so there you have it. Your time has come. One NFL game this week we talked about earlier about the scoring, how how putrid it's been. We we took a look at the NFL slate. We just didn't see anything that that tickled our no. fancies. So so we're gonna pick one game this week. Uh, Atlanta going up to Detroit. Atlanta uh, giving up three points to Detroit. So Detroit a home dog. Two two and O teams yeah. that that have looked as good as anybody yeah. in the NFC. So. Kind of, we look at you know normally when when players get that big money contract, their production goes down. But Stafford has been pretty good up in Detroit. Uh, Matt Ryan equally as impressive down here in Atlanta. Uh, maybe two of the best teams in the NFC East. But I I look at the Lions and I see the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the Falcons. Well, and I see typical Atlanta. But I I just really believe in the Falcons right now. Yeah, their offense is clicking on all cylinders, and I understand that Detroit has a pretty good defense. I just don't think they've seen uh, – I don't think Stafford has seen the defense, the speed of Atlanta's defense, the way they fly around the ball. And even with Vic Beasley out for a month with that hamstring injury, I think the Falcons are deep enough on the defensive side of the ball to hold Detroit to 21 points, while I think the Falcons are still a team that's going to average around uh, 28, 29 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm going to go ahead and make my, make my pick right now, Atlanta 30, Detroit 20. So Atlanta's – Three point favorite. Yeah, three point favorite. Going yeah. up there to Detroit. Yep. I I love 
I, I grew up pulling for the Lions. That was my favorite team growing up because yeah. of Barry Sanders. Yeah, but so Barry, I still have Barry's, Barry's not playing. I know, I know. But and, and, and then Matthew Stafford goes there, and okay. it was like, huh? okay. so I, I have a soft spot for Detroit. But I, I'm with you. I don't think. Uh, I, I just I still don't think Stafford has enough pieces around him. You know, he lost Calvin. Your number one receiver is Golden Tate. Um, some guy named Galladay or whatever his name is. You've mm-hmm. got Amir Abdullah as your top running back, who's a small guy, injury prone. The offensive line still not great. The defense is better, but but I'm with you. Still not good enough to to keep the Falcons in check up there. I think it'll be I think it'll be tight through the first half, and then I I would say I'll give Atlanta 28. I'll give Detroit 17. Okay, so we're both we're both taking Atlanta. easily. Yeah. All right, there you have it for the NFL. All right, so uh, I know we're running short on time. We got a special guest a little bit later in the show, but I, I really want to get this wild card right here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are anti-conference guy, right? Yeah, completely we, anti-conference guy. Time and time again, right? If there's one thing from listening that we hope that the message that gets across, and maybe we can, you know, influence some positive change in the world. It would be no conference guy. No, gosh. You so I had a your... perfect example of this. And so you can you explain what we're right. going to do. So, you know, I'll give so, the background on so it. So our, our, as you know, we're the role players. So I thought, at, you know, we're Daniel and I, if you don't know, we text back and forth about all week. Not every day, all day, but, you know, just things that mm-hmm. sports-related topics that come up. We're like, oh, this, this should be interesting or this would be interesting mm-hmm. or have you seen this? Well, so Daniel's listening to the uh, – Colin Georgia show. Collins Georgia show. Collins show, right? Yeah. And conference guy calls in, right? Conference guy. I'm assuming and, he's a Georgia fan if right. he's listening. Although he might just l- listen to every Collin show for he, every team if he he's could, conference if he's guy. conference guy. So we're going to reenact this skit because we want to show you how preposterous some of the arguments that conference guy gets into. So since we're role players, we're going to do a little role play. So I'm going to play. This could this could go well. This could be terrible. Well, we don't know because we haven't practiced this never, at all. We've never done anything like this. So first time for us. Just winging it. We're, we're winging it. So we got like a very rudimentary skit. <laughs> very, very rough sketch here. And we're, <laughs> we're, so uh, so we hope you didn't like skip to, you know, minute 57.3 of the podcast and you come in. So I'm going to play the role of conference guy. Yeah. And we'll Dan- call you. How about we'll call you Bubba? Bubba? I was I think Scooter. I love Scooter. 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 All right. Scooter. Where's Scooter calling from? So Scooter is coming calling in from Cordell, okay? All right. That's that's it. That's the gateway to the South Georgia. And if for any of you guys outside Cordell. of Cordell, right? Exit 99. Um the Georgia, Florida, I think Parkway or something like that, uh, State Road 300 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So Cordell down there in Crisp County, mm-hmm. okay? And, and you're going to be the host of I'll be the host of the, the Bulldogs Live call-in Bulldogs, show. Okay, yeah. all right. So uh, I, th- I think we're ready to to do this skit. So so we'll get we'll get started. Scooter's gonna call. So yeah, here breaking down Georgia against Sanford was a was a very exciting matchup. Uh, a lot of good plays out there. I think we've got a call. I think hey. we've got a call here. Hey. Uh, who is this? A uh, Scooter? Scooter? Hey. Hello? From Hello? From Hello? 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 Am I on the air? Scooter? Hey! Hey, man! How you doing, man? This, hey, can you hear me? This scooter, scooter, scooter. We can hear you. Tammy, shut up! I'm on the radio. Tammy, I'm on the radio. Shut up! I'm on the radio. Hey, I'm sorry about that, guy. This scooter from Cordell, Georgia. Scooter, man. we heard your name. 
School, it's Scooter from Cordial. Man, I just want to talk about my dogs. That mighty SEC, baby. The UCSCC this weekend, man. That's some great football, man. I just love me some SEC. But look, I'm a dog fan. <laughs> Never been to Athens, but I love my dogs, man. I love my dogs. I, I, am I still on the air? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Scooter, we're here. All right, man. So I'm from Cordial down there. It, it's a gateway to South Georgia, man. You got to come by and get some peanuts from Cordial, man. It's great. But let me tell you, man. I would want to go back and talk about that Notre Dame game because my dogs, man, they showed out. That's a signature win for my coach, man. And let me tell you, that is a great win for my SEC. We are the best conference in the world, for man. Your, wait, for Georgia? No, man, I'm talking about the SEC, man. It is the best conference in the world, man. Hey, check it out, man. The Notre Dame win, that was so big for us. You know, it wasn't just us. and We won because SEC, Notre Dame, they can't compete with SEC teams, man. I'm going to tell you a stat, man. Ain't no SEC team been up to Notre Dame and won a game since 2001. And my dogs did it, man. 2001, we are the best conference in the world, man. Scooter, yeah, it was a great win. but, but hey, Hang on, s- hang on. My dogs are barking, dude. I got to run. Thanks for letting me on the show. I'll just hang up and listen to the answer, okay? That was Scooter. Scooter, yeah, good, good, good point there. Good win for Georgia. I would say you said the you pointed out that that no SEC team has won at Notre Dame since two thousand one until Georgia. Uh, not sure that fits the SEC uh, narrative you had there that it, that an SEC team would win against Notre Dame anytime they played because they're from the SEC. But Scooter, it sounds like you got your hands full down there in Cordell with Tammy and the dogs. I we appreciate your call. And the skit is over. And so this is what this is the things that we deal with here in the southeast. Right. I heard that. I was driving and literally, I literally you literally heard that conversation. Right. That's the whole that your idea came from is because I. I told our a guy called in to the Georgia show and started talking about how of course Georgia won because they're in the and he said he said he didn't say I'm a big Georgia fan he said man I'm just such a huge SEC fan and I uh, started talking about how of course Georgia won because they're in the SEC right, of course, and then right. he started you know any SEC team should be expected to beat Notre Dame and then he brags about how it was our first win in 16 years for an SEC team up there which completely contradicts your whole of course we won because we're in the SEC oh by the way an SEC team hasn't beaten them up there for 16 years right come on Scooter (sighs) so we did protect the names of the innocent so there's there probably is a Scooter in Cordial yeah okay but uh, hey and I'll say the guy that called did not bark okay okay did not I, so, I so used some some, liberty, some liberties. To, to creative liberties there. Maybe a little stereotyping there, George fans. But I'll let hey, I'll let you. I'm the one that brought it up. So, what all Georgia fans do not bark. That's one. That's one uh, falsehood out there about George. There are some that do. Just like everybody from Florida doesn't wear jorts. That's right. That's right. There's some of us that that don't bark. We're just some normal people out there, right? It's right? just hard to think of a uh, to as if you're a grown man and, and an opposing fan walks by. There are a lot of things that I might want to say to them or yell, you know, like in support of my team. But the last thing I would do is is bark or make an you know it's just animal sound. Just I mean. That's like South Carolina fans. You walking by and they start going, you know, crowing at you. Yeah, that's a little strange. They do weird things up there too, though. And at this point in our show, ladies and gentlemen, we are super excited to welcome our resident Georgia Tech 
super fan, redheaded Jenna. Uh, she's always uh, got a spicy hot take and uh, definitely one of my favorite redheads in the world, probably top three if I had to guess. So Our first guest. First, it's our first guest ever, man. Redheaded Jenna, are you there? I'm here. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We were just talking about so, that off there, so how every caller has right? to say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, redheaded Jenna, you now um, we we introduced you as Georgia Tech super fan. So, we want to go ahead and get that out of the way uh, first. Uh, yeah. So, w- what's up with Georgia Tech this season? Ugh, yikes! So, here's the thing about Georgia Tech: in the years that we're supposed to be good, we are terrible. Right? Georgia Tech loves to think that we're going to be awesome and then like have a three win season a couple of years ago but this year i think we actually are moving in an upward trajectory which is a good thing and we have a ton of young talent we had an incredible uh recruiting class last year i feel like we're we've already signed a couple of kids verbal commit i mean not signed but that we've had several kids verbally commit who will make us have a, a pretty great class coming this coming up year um and i was at the jacksonville state game and we had a kid who was actually our defensive coordinator's son um his twin brother is the up-and-coming quarterback at uh, unc charlotte but he actually came to tech to play for his dad true freshman got in for three snaps and two of those three snaps he had a sack so i'll take that in a linebacker of true freshman all day long. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got to tell us. So we're obviously we're unfamiliar with uh, Georgia Tech in terms of the depth of the roster. But as a super fan, give us a couple names that maybe we're that are flying under the radar that we don't know about. Um, that yeah. maybe the other listeners don't know about. So they because look, I we you know that we picked Tech to be right up there in the ACC Coastal. So say what you want about us and what we say about Tech, but uh, we y'all picked us a one B. Well. We, hey, I still won, though. Uh, look. Yeah, that's like with an asterisk. I don't like anything with an asterisk. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But, yeah, any any players, like like you mentioned, Jerry Howard. So, any names. I mean, oh, people man. know June well, and they know. Well, Art acted like my summation of Jerry Howard's run was somehow ridiculous. But if you go back and look at the tape on that play, you will absolutely agree with me that it looked like this kid was shot out of a cannon. Right, I mean, all and he was sudden, he was playing against a mighty was that Clemson defense that he did that uh, against? No. <laughs> no, that was the dang Jacksonville State. Okay, who okay. Has Twelve SEC transfers playing on that. Team. Oh yeah, they're like second chance. You, <laughs> Jacksonville State has got that's who uh, uh, several got, players. They were like ranked in the top five in their you know in their whole Division One AA last Jenna. year. Yeah, they had uh, Rock Thomas, a former Auburn running back. He was like a four star. Tramel Terry from Georgia sure. is a running back there. Exactly. They got I'm some not, talent. They're not. I mean, they're not like, you know, we're not winning a national championship because we played against them. I'm just saying this kid had a great performance. His first snap, he goes in there and runs a 60 yard up the gut touchdown, and nobody touched him. Yeah, I actually saw that play happen, and saw that, and, and I had heard about Howard. Uh, just from recruiting, I knew that he was he was one of the the better prospects I'll sign. And I turned that game on to see if I 
because I want to see Tremel Terry and see how he come along. Mm-hmm. And and like two minutes into watching it, yeah, he he explodes up the middle. So I actually did see that play live. That was impressive. I mean, I'm just saying, it didn't look bad in the stands either. And especially when Cravante Benson had been lulling us to sleep all day, couldn't figure out whether he was trying to hit the a hole or the b hole. He didn't know where he was. a hole. What do we, this is a kid friendly show here? <laughs> no, no, but like the a gap or the b gap. Okay, okay. <laughs> Good Lord, Art. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, we you know we we don't know what the FCC rules are. We're we're new to this. Oh so. my goodness, here we go. No, I'm just saying, Jerry Howard is a kid to look out for. Okay. Um, we have a actually an up and coming offensive line, which you know everybody's gonna say, well they're undersized, they're undersized, they're undersized. But if you see Shamir Divine, you will not say anything about anybody being undersized, because that boy is big. And last year he had trouble. Because his conditioning was not was not where they uh, they needed it to be, and then he really surprised me in the Tennessee game because we played like 99 offensive snaps, and he was in on at least 75 percent of them. And for a kid that had really struggled with his conditioning in years past to play that many snaps, I mean that was a really big deal, and he did a great job. But uh, the one on our offensive line that I think has the most the most potential is Parker Braun. Um, and of course, we've got a pretty good center named Kenny Cooper who came in last year under some not so great circumstances and ended up, he's really played well. Um, so, you know, I mean, I just don't want anybody saying we're undersized. When you see Shamir Devine, Newton, can't nobody say we're undersized. All right. All right. So, all right. So we got a few players on the offense. Let, let's, let's, Talk about because we're running short on time, Jen. I know you got a oh, you got a you got a game to play with one of my favorite nanas in the world. So I understand you got to get um, my bridge partner's waiting on me. I tell you, I know priorities, priorities. What's your what's your outlook for Tech? Where where you, you guys are? What two games into the season? We're two games in because Central Florida was too scared to play us. And you, now and, you, and you guys really needed that win to get bowl eligible. So I understand no, why that did. really hurts Tech. No, we did. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, but Pat Narduzzi's been talking junk about us all week this week, too. So. I heard that today. I heard I, that. Him talking about like, cut box and Ricky June and, and pushing Ricky, off. Ricky and June is like, <laughs> first of all, you can't talk bad about a kid who's on the Dean's list like, and said that he said he wouldn't have any catches if they had thrown a flag on him because he pushes off on every play. I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Play the game and quit whining. Those are some barbs. Those are some throwing out some shots before the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's bulletin board stuff. Like, I hope yeah. Ricky June comes out there and throws 100 yards down on this guy. And But, I mean, then they they still miss one of my favorite receivers, who's Brad Stewart for, out of Savannah Christian, yeah. who is also fantastic. So, I don't want to hear it. And, you know, we're wide receiver you. We're going to send, you know, probably of the four receivers that are, you know, in the starting rotation for Georgia Tech, we'll send two of them to the NFL, and they'll end up, you know, making tons of money. So Narduzzi can just get over it. But you okay? So we and we can we can attest to that. We've seen Stephen Hill. We've seen Calvin Johnson. We've seen um, Bebe. Bebe, Bebe Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. A Bebe, A Bebe. Um, uh-huh. What, what what are we looking at for Georgia Tech? This you, you've already lost a ten to Trash Can U. I'm sorry, ten, Tennessee Trash can, TCU um, in a heartbreaker. Uh, are we look at. Are we looking at a a 10-1 season here for Tech or or, uh, in regular season? I mean, if I'm a betting woman, 
which I'm not. But, I mean, I would put us at probably an eight-win season. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, we have to play Clemson in Clemson. We're going to get our butt handed to us. That's just, I mean, they're Clemson. But that's, I mean, that's our, the problem with people never giving Georgia Tech any respect is of the ACC teams, we play Clemson every year. We play Georgia every year. We always schedule another SEC team every year. You know, I mean, we don't get any kind of respect. People are like, man, man, Georgia Tech. But, I mean, we play actual teams. So, I, I kind of don't want to hear it, um, you know, from whomever, the, the, the haters at large. What is the – so, so for, for Johnson, what would you say – so if he wins eight this year, and then next year if he wants seven or eight, I mean, is he? I'm saying, I'm saying eight. I think eight is a minimum number for us. Now, yeah. unfortunately, we lost. We, I would have included Central Florida in that number, yeah. and we did not get the opportunity to play that game. Mm-hmm. So now, and we offered for Central Florida to come to Atlanta, and swap the home and home series with them, and they refused to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just feel like they were scared to play us. Because the other Florida teams made a way to play this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's a hurricane. Everybody knows it's bad. But, I mean, you can you can play. So, no. But I think for Paul Johnson, he's never going to leave. He George Tech likes him. Our new uh, athletic director, Todd Stansbury, really likes him. Which, if you'd like some little-known facts, here you go. You ready for it? We're ready. Yeah. So, Todd Sansbury graduated the same year my dad did from Georgia Tech, 84, okay. right? In that graduating class was also our defensive coordinator, Ted Roof, and his roommate, Mr. Swilling, who went on to play, you know, for just a little team called the New Orleans Saints for probably 15 years. Well, here's what's crazy. So, the Mr. Swilling had a son, mm-hmm. right? His son is now a true freshman at Georgia Tech. His adopted son, Bruce, mm-hmm. is a true freshman at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And his his roommate in college, who he graduated with, Ted Roof, is our defensive coordinator. And his son, TD, is also at Georgia Tech as a true freshman. So the, the, our defense in the future, you remember uh, Bruce Swilling, Jordan Swilling, and TD Roof. Because you're going to hear those names. One, uh, the Jordan Swilling is a real tall cornerback. And he is quick, too. And then the other two are both going to be, I mean, uh, essential parts of our linebacking core in the future. All right. So so there we have it. Uh, family Class lines. Class 84 worked yeah. out well for him. <laughs> well, it didn't. But family lines run deep at Georgia Tech. Uh, one thing you did say as a uh, that you don't think Paul Johnson's ever leaving, leaving Tech. And as a Miami no. fan, I'm so glad to hear that because we just own Paul Johnson. So well, thank you. And here's what's crazy is we go from – having to play Mark Rick every year at our in-state rival. And, you know, the one thing that Georgia fans can say positive about Mark Rick is that he beat Georgia Tech. I mean, he knows how to beat Georgia Tech. And now he's at dang Miami, who we also have to play every year. So that's, (laughs) you know, it's like it's it's six and one, half dozen the other. We're going to play him and, you know, it'll be a dogfight, but. All right. Well, we know you got to go play bridge. One more question for you. College, college playoff prediction. Who's your final four and who's your national champion? So my final four, and as much as, listen, you know how there's a lot of people out there who are going to just say, no, nah, no, nah, Alabama, but you can't, you can't not put Alabama in right. the final four. Right, unless you're so, Art, 
which did, hasn't worked out so well with <laughs> all, his Auburn. Yeah. I mean, they're like, it's like burning in flames. We're not right talking now. about my Final yeah. Four right now. We're okay. talking about Jenna's Final Four. <laughs> well, my Final Four, I'm going to go three predictable, one kind of outlier. Okay. okay. So I'm going Alabama, mm-hmm. and I think Clemson will make the Final Four again this year, but I think that they're going to lose in that first playoff game. Okay. Um, I think you have to include Oklahoma, and I'm just getting further proved right, you know, as, as the year goes on with Baker Mayfield and his incredible performances, mm-hmm. um, as well as their defense, truly. I mean, their defense is not getting as much credit just because Baker Mayfield's kind of getting all the – all mm-hmm. the uh, accolades, but I mean, I feel like they've got a pretty strong core there. So I go, and my first three are pretty predictable, and then I'm still not going to sleep on Michigan and Harbaugh. I think mm. Michigan and Harbaugh are going to sneak in there. I think they're pissed they didn't get in last year. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of got a little bit gypped, and I think it might be Michigan. All right. So we got redheaded Jenna with Bama. Clemson, Oklahoma, Michigan. Those I like are, going outside the box. Those are pretty solid yeah. picks. I mean, I mean, it's not that far outside. They're ranked. No, but them. but a lot of people aren't putting them in there. Kind of waiting a year or two for them because because yeah. everybody well, they lost. So right. I mean, nobody's going to give them any credit, but I feel like they deserve some. Going to be a tough path for them, but hey, anybody could come out of that. Well, you got Penn hey, you State, Ohio State, State yeah, the best. right. You remember that. Yep. Well, hey, Jenna, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. Guys and ladies and gentlemen who are listening, that's redheaded Jenna. She is an extremely knowledgeable Georgia Tech fan. Uh, well, not just don't just say I'm a Georgia Tech football fan. I'm a sports fan. Well, you are. You are. It was little known fact that uh, that one one year at our our ballpark, uh, I was a head coach, but Jenna was actually the real coach. So uh, <laughs> y'all are like uh, like brother and sister here. It, yeah, pretty like much. Less <laughs> she she is definitely the little sister I never had. So. Uh, oh. <laughs> when my husband, when Art didn't coach, and my husband was a coach, Art, he did so good for like ninety six percent of the season, and then he was coming off the bench one day, brother. I tell you what, so. no, it's it's hard to keep your mouth shut when you when you see an injustice. Uh, you're that parent? Oh, uh, no, not that, not it's that. Awesome bit. to be with you guys, and once uh, NCAA basketball comes around, y'all y'all give me another call. Well, yeah, we might sure. we, we might we might revisit you before playoffs of the, your team stand. That's a pretty pretty solid four pick. So um, we appreciate you being on the show. Go play your bridge game and enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks, Art. Thanks, right. Daniel. Bye right. bye. Bye bye. I think at this point it's time for us to go bye bye. So thanks so much for listening to us uh, for episode seven. Once again, follow us on Twitter. Tell somebody. Tell everybody. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't pick up any new followers this week, so we're feeling a little lonely and left out. But yeah. we do. And know- if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. Yeah. Like, Twitter's the easiest way to get. There's a lot of idiots on Twitter that talk, but you just don't read the comment section of things. Right. That's the key to not yeah. to not seeing all the dumb stuff. It's, it's you know, news at 140 characters, so you really just get right. facts, right? So you just follow whatever it is you want. Say you want to follow Georgia and the Falcons, and you want to follow Politico or some, you know, something. You just follow them, and then you get all your headlines right in one place on one clean timeline. So Absolutely. if you're not on Twitter, which a lot of our listeners aren't, just, just join it. You don't even have to use your real name. Right. You can make up a name. Like you can Scooter be Scooter from, from Cordial. Yeah. We are the role players. I am Art Mosley. He is. I'm Daniel Allen. Our opinions don't matter. But you should listen to them anyway. Have a great week, everybody. See y'all. <laughs>